And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with me today is William F. Jasper, the senior editor of The New American Magazine. And Bill, it's great to have you with us. Thanks. Thanks. Pleasure to be on with you, Dan. You know, the other day, uh, Bill, someone forwarded me an article that was actually written by you, and uh, hence the connections here. It was an article really caught my attention. It was uh, entitled, EPA Shutting Down Last Standing U.S. Primary Lead Smelter. Well, that's a mouthful. (laughs) And um, I was wondering, um, gee, maybe we can have you on the air and kind of talk about what is going on here. This is a plant in Missouri that uh, towards the end of this year, yeah, in, in December, they will be shutting down. But what was significant about it to me was that they were a primary lead smelter and the last standing U.S. primary lead smelter. So maybe you could help our listeners understand a little bit about this article, what the content was, and some of the implications going forward. Well, yes, this was a very, very significant and uh, incident. It is ongoing, but by the end of the year, the Doe Run smelter in Herculaneum, Missouri, will be closing down. And that is a watershed mark in our nation's history. Now, all the environmentalists are saying, yay, 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 no more lead. Lead is bad. Lead Mm -hmm. is bad. We don't want lead in our environment. But yes, you don't want to eat lead. You don't want to drink lead. But you and I and every other American are dependent on lead in a multitude of ways every day of our lives. And closing down of this plant is closing a big chapter on America and of our productivity as a, as a leading industrial nation. This is going to impact each of us in very significant ways. And in my article, I interviewed uh, a couple of the folks at the Doe Run plant, uh, telephone interviews with uh, their spokesmen and uh, executives. So the, obviously this is going to impact uh, the area of Missouri where several hundred people work, they're going to be out of jobs, they're going to have to go into other things, but um, how is it going to impact uh, every American? Well, you're going to notice it, uh, obviously, in the price of your car batteries, Uh, car batteries, automobile, truck batteries, etc., those are all very still lead-dependent. That Mm -hmm. is where 80-plus, close to 88% of all of our lead goes to. Uh, If you don't have uh, car batteries, you can't start your car, you can't start your truck, you can't get to work. Uh, you need to, over the life of your car, replace those batteries. Well, where are we going to get the lead for that? Uh, the secondary smelters are up next for EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, shutdown. I believe that we will see that uh, coming as well because they keep tightening the noose on all of these vital uh, industries that are providing us with the things that we need for our daily lives. And we can get back to the automobiles in a minute, but a, an area that really concerns me as a staunch Second Amendment rights defender, I'm a gun owner, a gun user. I believe that our founding fathers were very wise in placing the Second Amendment uh, in our Constitution, in the Bill of Rights, uh, to guarantee that civilians... You and I and all the rest of us who are American citizens have the right to keep and bear arms to protect ourselves against criminals on the street, to 
protect ourselves against criminals who would become tyrants in government, uh, as well as for recreational target shooting, hunting, etc. Uh, I believe in uh, that right for all of those above uses. Uh, without ammunition, uh, a rifle, a uh, handgun is just an expensive club, mm-hmm. not very efficient at that. So, uh, in, and in order to have ammunition to make that uh, rifle, shotgun, pistol useful, one needs lead. Uh, all ammunition today, except for the non-lead uh, game loads for for waterfowl, uh, use lead. Even the 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 bullets that don't appear to be lead because they're fully full metal jacket, they're jacketed in something. Uh, they have lead cores. Mm-hmm. Uh, lead is, without that, uh, ammunition becomes prohibitively expensive, and it loses many of its characteristics. So it is not just a coincidence uh, that the EPA has targeted this last smelter, in my opinion. Uh, the, the Obama administration uh, and uh, its cohorts in Congress have been monomaniacal in trying to disarm the American people. And one of my colleagues, uh, Joe Wolverton, who's a constitutional law expert and writes for us regularly, did a follow-up story to mine. I wasn't able to cover all of, uh, of those things. This is in our thenewamerican.com, our online version. Uh, just a small segue. The New American, uh, which I'm the senior editor, publishes a, week, or a bi-weekly print magazine uh, in regular standard magazine format, glossy format, but we publish much more on a daily basis online. And two days after I wrote my article on thenewamerican.com about the Doe Run lead smelter closing down, uh, Joe Wolverton did a, a follow-up to it, did a very good job of connecting the dots, showing this shutdown in conjunction with the administration's United Nations Treaty, the uh, Arms Trade Treaty, the ATT. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, that uh, is a uh, part and parcel of that treaty is the UN assertion that all ammunition and parts for making ammunition have to be taken away from civilians. That, In other words, it's not only enough that the government have a monopoly of force on uh, the weapons, but the ammunition that can yes. So um, that's, uh, that's a very uh, important connection. Now, the Obama administration has been pushing for this. They got it. Uh, he signed, uh, they signed on to it. It's before the Senate now. And that uh, U.N. treaty uh, could then be used to, although it would be completely unconstitutional, legal, immoral, they could use the, 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 the treaty as a means to uh, shut down not only arms, uh, but uh, ammunition as well. Yes. Well, it's a, it's a grave concern, and uh, I came into this article actually with the interest in terms of the ammunition, which is only 10% of the lead use, and uh, I'm so glad you talked about that. But we do need to take a short break. Today on the phone line with us is William F. Jasper. He is the senior editor of the New American Magazine. We're talking about the EPA shutting down the last standing United States primary lead smelter in Missouri. And so much more to talk about. Stay with us. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. 
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is William F. Jasper, Senior Editor, The New American Magazine. Uh, Bill, prior to the break, we were talking about this um, lead smelter plant. And I did want to point out that this is a what they call a primary lead smelter plant. Uh, because the other day in church, I happened to be talking with uh, one of the men there, and uh, I mentioned this article to him, and then he said, well, there's a lead smelter in Middletown, which is near where we live. Um, but when you look into it, it turns out they're a secondary lead smelter. And so what that means is that they would recycle the lead from batteries, but this initial taking the ore and smelting that, they're not capable of doing that. Is that the right distinction there? Correct. They're, they're two different operations. The primary one does just as you said. It takes ore that's mined from the ground and uh, smelts it. Uh, so that you have the uh, iron ingots, which then are used by industry, primarily by the automobile industry for automobile and mm-hmm. truck and other vehicle batteries, the lead-acid battery. That's, as you said, close to 90%, 88% of the lead is used for that. Um, so, yes, we still have, I think it's a dozen or 14 secondary smelters, mm-hmm. that is, uh, as batteries wear out, they're recycled, and we do a very good job, the best of any country, in recycling lead batteries. That's good for the environment, but it's also a good economic sense. Mm-hmm. You have a high concentration of lead. Uh, you melt down the the old batteries, recycle the plastic and the lead, and so you can then make new batteries and other things. But here's the big catch. Uh, the Even though we're very efficient at reclaiming the batteries, that alone is not sufficient even to uh, supply new batteries that are needed for the existing market. That is, you and I have to replace our automobile batteries from time to time. And for the new car batteries uh, and truck batteries, et cetera, that are needed uh, for the new vehicles that are rolling off the assembly lines. So uh, we have to have some source of primary lead. And if we're not going to get it here from a smelter in our own country, it will have to come from a secondary country. And that means China, Peru, or Australia. Those are the big sources. Mm -hmm. now. So that means we are going to be dependent upon them 
And as I pointed out from my article, for the environmentalists who always are, are chanting the mantra, think globally, act locally, and we're all interconnected, uh, we have the best, here in the United States, the best record of environmental uh, protection. All well, that's so true. You're, you're going to have in China, which has the worst record, uh, they're going to be mining lead. They're going to be making a huge profit off of it. They're going to be selling to us if they do at a higher price. And so nobody gains from it except for uh, red China. Mm, um, so uh, we, we now have a aftermarket and new car market competing for the dwindling supply of recycling lead. And then, of course, all of the other uh, things that go along with it, uh, glazes and glass and lenses. And when it comes to batteries, we think primarily of automobile batteries, uh, truck batteries, etc. But many uh, industries and hospitals and universities and, and government operations have their own generators, their own battery storage things. These are large batteries. These are all lead-acid batteries. The NICAD and uh, lithium-ion batteries and all of the other more exotic ones uh, that are being touted uh, for the past decade for cars and one. They just simply haven't panned out. They're way too expensive. So for the foreseeable future, uh, we are going to be dependent upon lead for all of our major battery uses. So again, then that, that means that we have a, an increasing competition for a dwindling supply which means we are going to have to be dependent on foreign sources, and it also means that things such as ammunition and the lead for making ammunition is going to continue. To mm-hmm. I was talking with uh, another chap uh, just very recently, a couple of days ago, and uh, he was telling me a story how that, um, you know, he likes to go shooting and target practice and hunting, and uh, he actually um, melts down lead and, you know, does his own reloading and stuff, and uh, how that um, he would go and get these uh, lead weights off the tires at, at the um, tire stores and garages. Um, but he was c- complaining that uh, the newer uh, materials aren't really lead. So right. That Most, uh, I'm not sure what, how many states have enacted laws. Uh, I lived in California for quite a few years, I think for the last seven or eight years. Uh, it has been illegal to have put lead weights on yeah. uh, tires, so they have come out with different other alloys. Uh, and so, yes, that uh, that was one of the convenient sources for lead uh, for those of us who uh, melt down yeah. and make, uh, ammunition. So that was new news to me. And um, regarding the batteries, people probably don't realize all the places that lead acid cells are used. And this this next one is really interesting, and that is if you're into um, solar power, and particularly uh, off-grid installations... You always have lead-acid cells uh, in such a system um, if you're set up to um, sustain yourself, you know, when there's a grid outage and that sort of thing. Those are the only cells that can really hold up to the deep discharge cycles and that sort of thing. You can't use gel cells. I mean, you can, but they're, it's, it's a waste. It's a waste of money. Uh, they're not going to hold up. Um, and you mentioned already automobiles. Just imagine, you know, we're getting near winter now here on the East Coast, and imagine working all day, um, coming out to your car at night. It's cold, the wind is blowing, it's zero degrees, and getting into that car, and when you turn the key, the car doesn't start because you have a, a bad battery. How important these batteries are to the cars, or even, let's say, 
um, powered wheelchairs. They're used, by the way, uh, they're also used in UPS systems. Here at uh, Redeemer Broadcasting, we have a number of UPS systems to guard us against power outages, and uh, all of those cells are lead-acid cells. So this has a an absolutely huge ripple effect. Never mind, although to me it's important, never mind the the fact of the ammunition concern. Yes, uh, so it's a it's a uh, very big concern. As part of uh, this, has a very concentrated concern uh, relative to the Second Amendment because, as we just discussed, if you don't have yes. ammunition, then uh, and if if the government is preempting much of the ammunition by buying billions of rounds as it's been doing in the last few years, that makes it even more uh, difficult. But uh, in, a, in a larger picture, even beyond this, it is symptomatic of what we have been seeing for now going on two decades, which is the deindustrialization of America. And we've never seen this before that I'm aware of. I'm a history student. have uh, never seen this anywhere in the history of the world where a country has voluntarily stripped itself of all of its uh, competitive advantages yes. uh, and destroyed the whole infrastructure, hollowed out completely all of the uh, technology and manufacturing capabilities uh, that we have witnessed here in the United States over the last 20 years. With uh, On a number of my uh, articles, and, and this one which we did online, EPA shutting down the last standing U.S. primary lead smelter, that's at thenewamerican.com. At the end of the article, I, I have a whole list of links there showing similar things where the EPA and other U.S. regulatory agencies, which have become a fourth branch of government, are legislating illegally, unconstitutionally. Mm -hmm. When they shut down a plant like this, uh, they have come up with their own regulations. These are activists within our government. Many of them definitely have an agenda. They want to deindustrialize the United States. Everything is bad, according to them, if it uh, produces anything. And so they are against all of our natural re- resource industries. Uh, they put uh, unreasonable, uh, tyrannical, draconian uh, regulations on farming, on ranching, on mining, on logging, on manufacturing. Uh, they're try- uh, trying to uh, shut down, uh, in addition to coal, which is a, really a bedrock foundational energy source for all of our country, uh, they're also trying to shut down natural gas. Yes, it's true. So the, the EPA is a rogue agency which uh, was started by President Nixon by an executive order. Uh, then Congress gave it a fig leaf of uh, cover by uh, the Environmental Protection Act, and it has been wreaking havoc on our uh, country, on our liberty, on our economy for decades now. Oh, there's no question. And a and couple of your articles I'll just bring to the listeners' attention. Uh, you did mention at the end of this article, uh, one of the titles was EPA Declares Human Breath, CO2, a Pollutant. <laughs> uh, that's a part of the, the whole big uh, carbon scare, the carbon dioxide scare, the global warming uh, nonsense. I am our correspondent also at the United Nations. I'm, I'm a accredited correspondent at the UN for going on three decades, uh, and I've attended many of the UN conferences around the world, including their global warming conferences. And yes, they declared that CO2, uh, carbon dioxide, which you and I are exhaling right now as, sure. we, as we speak, 
uh, is a toxic substance, that is, a, is a pollutant, uh, and so they have to regulate it. So it's uh, like that uh, uh, old song, every breath you take, every move you make, we'll be watching you. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, they, they want to regulate even even the, even the your breath. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so true. And uh, one more article caught my uh, attention. It's called Just Freeze! Exclamation point. EPA says burning wood is bad, but so is natural gas, coal, oil. And so, like you say, okay, what's left? Well, it is. You freeze. <laughs> well, right. I mean, and, and this particular article I wrote about uh, their uh, attack, uh, the EPA's attack on this uh, little town in Alaska. Uh, the only real alternative the people have there is to uh, burn wood. And yes, sometimes in the winter, uh, I, I'm a, uh, in a rural area right now where I'm speaking from, and I have my own uh, forest here, and I uh, I use wood. Uh, that's, sure. what I, that's what I burn. Sure. And uh, yes, every once in a while you can have an air inversion in a little valley or something, and it can get smoky, it can get smoggy. Uh, mm-hmm. But first of all, the EPA has no constitutional authority to be legislating in these matters. And this really is, again, a dereliction of duty of Congress. Congress uh, appropriates the funds for these agencies. They have a responsibility to monitor them. Uh, Most of these federal agencies really have no constitutional basis for existing. Uh, The EPA, for instance, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, OSHA, to the extent that a government agency uh, carrying out legitimate functions that they deal with should exist. Um, under our constitutional system, uh, that is reser- that's part of the reserve powers, reserved to the states and to mm. the people. Uh, our constitutional system, and most Americans are, are not aware of this, it's very central to everything that's happening to us right now. Our constitutional system is based on a limitation of powers of the federal government. The founders said you only have these enumerated powers. We're enumerating these powers and we're delegating them. Yes. The federal government has delegated enumerated powers. All the rest, which are not specifically given to them in the Constitution, belong to the states and to the people. So each state can determine what it is going to do, uh, as we do now with, with all, most of the police powers and criminal things, uh, uh, robbery, rape, uh, homicide, uh, all mm-hmm. of those things. Those are state uh, issues and each yes. state has similar but different ways of uh, dealing with these things, and that's the way we should be doing uh, with health, environment, and all of these other things as well. But we've allowed special interest groups, those particularly who want to centralize, collectivize, uh, concentrate power, to build this monstrous fourth branch of government in Washington D.C. with all of these regulatory agencies. And as we point out in uh, a couple of the articles that I have listed there and the links at the bottom of the lead smelter plant there, the federal regulatory agencies uh, now cost uh, the American economy about one point, I think it's close to now, $1.9 trillion a year. And so if you are a manufacturer or you're a uh, retailer or whatnot, all of, any kind of uh, business... Uh, you're bearing that burden, and that's what's driving the prices of uh, all of our uh, production here in the United States so high and making it impossible for domestic producers to produce here. So we've become more and more reliant on 
uh, foreign producers on, yes. on China, Pakistan, Mexico, etc. Now, um, I'm just looking at the clock, and I unfortunately we're out of time already, but uh, if someone would like to get in touch with you and maybe read some more of your articles, first of all, what is the right uh, web address that they can go to and, and do that? Well, you got the www, and then it's the, T-H-E, new, American dot com the new american dot com well that's simple enough it's uh, the new american dot com and uh, again today we're talking with william f jasper he is the senior editor of the new american magazine and i would recommend that to you and uh, look up uh, some of his articles they're fascinating and uh, also one last question is you know, it's so frustrating as as us as Americans, we believe in a constitutional republic. Um, are there any steps we can take to try to um, keep the republic that we're fast losing? Yes. Uh, briefly, I mentioned Congress. Congress is remiss. It has created many of these agencies. It is supposed to be supervising them. But we have been remiss. Mm. Each citizen is required uh, if they value their freedom, to be contacting their congressmen, to be writing to them, to be uh, emailing them. And uh, if they go on our website at thenewamerican.com, we publish a freedom index three times a year with key votes. They can see how their congressman is voting. They can find out who he is. All they have to do is put in their zip code. It will show their congressman. It will show his votes on key issues that should be of concern to them. Mm, that's very helpful. And it will also sh- uh, it also has a feature which enables them to do a quick email, and it even gives them a template that shows oh, very uh, nice. how to do that. So uh, you can do it all there in just really just a couple of minutes. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, uh, William F. Jasper, for joining us today here on A Plain Answer. And uh, this broadcast is up on our website. Check it out. It's found at Redeemer Broadcasting. Dot org And, Bill, maybe we can get together once again oh, at another time. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Quick reminder, please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 